Well, we find teammates everywhere. This one is from across the ocean. Yeah, across the pond. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Annalie. She is a missionary to the poorest of the poor in the outskirts of Whitbank, and she has so many stories to share about how God has captured her heart and how he continues to speak to her and direct her moment by moment and day by day. And God's doing amazing things in South Africa. And Annalie is at the heart of what's going on there. And so welcome, Annalie. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yes, we've had the blessing of having Annalie in our home the last few days. Um, Eden, my daughter Eden, was in South Africa last summer and her now fiancé Grant for several months. And they worked directly with Annalie and she's had such an impact on our kids and and now to to be able to have you in our home and to become friends, we're so grateful. So, Annalie, before we get started on what's going on in South Africa and ministry through movement, which is such a unique ministry that God opened up for you, tell us a little bit about your faith story. How did you meet Jesus? Yes, um, like a lot of people, um, I had the privilege to grow up in a Christian home. And... Um, Sometimes it is um, a real blessing, but it can also be a bit dangerous as um, we become not as appreciative of the light um, than those people who come directly out of darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one thing if you um, pray, give me my daily food, if your fridge is full of food. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's the same thing of, of not really knowing that um, you have been saved, um, that it's having such an impact on you. And I think um, a lot of times it's also the problem that we see it, um, or I experience it as a religion and um, was a bit legalistic, mm. I think, growing up, mm. um, which will definitely is not the way that um, uh, Jesus do it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it. I was an excellent follower of rules. But um, it was only later that I discovered that it is more uh, or it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ that's more important. So, yeah, and um, during the life's uh, ups and downs, I've discovered him on a more personal level. Mm -hmm. When, When would you say that that first came to mind for you, that this was greater than kind of what you grew up in. This was not just going to church. This was not just religion, but that there is, you know, this person of Jesus inviting you to relationship. Yeah. Um, I think it came about, um, first of all, um, when I suffered a bit um, with depression when I was a teenager. Mm. And I think a lot of people can um, also relate to that. But um, I think when the things around you fall away and you only have Jesus left, mm-hmm. um, you know that it's time to build a relationship or that I don't know this person. Um, I know about him like a lot of, um, even myself, I um, know of President Nelson Mandela, but I don't know him. So it's one thing to just know about Christ, but it's another thing to really know him. So. That was the first time. And then the, I think the real breakthrough was um, I was married for nine years and um, 
then uh, got the divorce or was divorced. And um, that just sort of flattens me. I can remember that one day I just went out and lied flat on the f- on the ground and mm. said, Lord, um, uh, I means I mean nothing to other people because of the place where I am now. So this can't be what life is about, what Christian life is about. So um, I want you to restore me, to restore the relationship, to draw me closer so that I can serve other people, that I can mean something to other people. Mm. Wow. And have you. <laughs> so tell, can you tell us um, just a little bit about then your calling to ministry? Yes. So um, after my divorce, I um, went back to my hometown, and that's Whitbank that uh, Shauna just mentioned. And um, uh, we're just waiting there to see what life will bring. And then uh, a young lady called Marisa Fushia, she came to me and said that she's working in the in the area, in the outskirts of Whitbank, but she never gets chance to go to Pine Ridge. Um, which is at that stage was more a Hindu and Muslim orientated uh, um, suburb or uh, yeah suburb, and then um, I just thought I'll go there. And then um, in 1994, um, I had this nudge. That was when President Nelson Mandela was chosen as president or or um, uh, yeah voted as president, and then. Um, I just had this thing that I have to go to Pine Ridge and at that time um, it was basically at night time and uh, um, I just went um, knocking um, at doors from door to door just asking people um, what can I do for you, how can I serve you and I still can remember the first door that I knocked at, um, it was his his, uh, nickname is Chicken so I was standing in front, chicken, like yeah, chicken, like okay. a chicken. Yeah, he was a Hindu guy, <laughs> okay. And I just stood there and I knocked, and I remember praying, "Please, Lord, don't open. Let them open this door tonight." But uh, the Lord didn't hear my prayer, and they did open that door. So that was the first house that I visited, and they welcomed me in, and that is how I. Um, became more and more aware that the one thing that was needed there was to help children with homework. So I was busy with that. But um, uh, And then that, uh, you realize that this is um, so awesome to help people. And then somebody would say they need to go to the hospital and just provide transport for hospital. But just to be the servant of the most I got. Um, you know, I, I see myself a lot of times like, um, I'm sure maybe still the younger people, I don't know, but Lassie, the dog. So that you go there and help where help is needed and then you have to say goodbye and move on to the next place mm. where where help is needed. But that's, um, if I can say that um, we lead by serving. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's only if we surrender that we win and give away if we want to keep. So that is that is basically what the whole ministry's foundation right. is about today. Yeah. 
and your life your life is marked by hearing the Holy Spirit and being obedient to what God has called you to. And because of that, now there is a ministry in South Africa called Ministry Through Movement. And if you want to find out more about this ministry and uh, see Annalie at work and the people that she works with, head to Facebook and look up Ministry Through Movement. That's Ministry Through Movement on Facebook. Annalie was sharing with us how she met Jesus a few minutes ago and got started doing missionary work. Did you ever think you would be a missionary, Annalie? No, that was um, definitely not part of my plan. Mm. Um, Like when I did the aptitude tests, Mm -hmm. I think that's the word. Um, In my last year of school, they said to me, you can become anything, but please never work with people. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> but I guess God just smiled when he heard that. Um, so, yeah, I never thought that. So I also um, with, uh, got my degree in psychology hmm. and um, accounting. So, yeah, so that was not on my mind. So I've only been trained as a missionary in the University of Life. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you shared with us a couple of minutes ago how it all started by just, you know, the Lord leading you to go door to door and ask people, how can I serve you? How did you then, that's how you stepped into it. But at what point did you receive like a confirmation of this is what I'm supposed to be doing? I am actually supposed to be a missionary. Yeah. Um, because I was wondering whether this is just a thing of in my mind that maybe I'm making it all up for myself. Um, but I had the opportunity to do some backpacking in Europe, and which was also a blessing because we didn't ha- really have money, but my uncle got me a plane ticket, and um, there, so backpacking was cheap. But in any case, I was sitting at the underground station in England, London, and um, a Muslim lady came up to me, and she said... Um, you look different to all the thousands of people that's going through the station. There's a light that's shining mm. around you. Um, I mm. want to tell you the story of my life. Mm. So um, I could listen to her and um, got on the train with her and to where she got off and prayed for her and head back where I was sitting. So, yeah, God really answered that prayer of mine to have a confirmation of the calling that uh, and it was quite spectacular i think in in my in my mind that he he did this for me to confirm the calling that i had yeah by any chance when you got the calling did you have because my mind goes you know jumps a million miles ahead did you start figuring out what that was going to look like and what that was going to be at that point or were you pretty hands open to what he would do um uh, the only thing was well i'm busy now with the children there in south africa and um i will just um hear from him day by day so um i didn't have a plan uh nothing of of what has come from it if I now look back 27 years, mm-hmm. heading for 28 years later, um, there's three churches, four preschools, prison ministry, sport ministry, hospital ministry. Um, we've got uh, 48 people working for that ministry. So it's just, you know, if I think back, it sounds incredible, but right. I guess... It is incredible. Yeah, yeah. But would it, I would have been, maybe God just held that from you because... That would have completely freaked me out if 
Yes. You know, if God would have yes. said to you at that time, yes. you're going yeah. to start three churches, <laughs> you're yeah. going to start four preschools. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. as you have listened and obeyed, that's what God has done. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a, I say to people, he's not a long-term God um, because eternity, I don't think, can be described as long-term, but uh, day by day where where God is eternity, we are in the present, where we touch is now. So now makes a difference to whatever you are called for. Well, I don't know about you, but I have definitely learned more from my failures than I have from my successes. Yeah, unfortunately. Would you rather be unlearned and and be all successes or have a few failures in there and be a little more educated? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take, the, I'll take the failures yeah, because for sure. it gets us where we're at. Yeah, where we're supposed to be. I'm so excited to introduce you to Anna Lee this morning. She's a missionary to the poorest of poor in South Africa, and her ministry is called Ministry Through Movement. And you can find out more about it on Facebook. Just go to Ministry Through Movement on Facebook, and you'll find the page there and see the work that's going on there. But we've been chatting with Annalie this morning about first how she came to know Jesus and then how she became a missionary. Not something she saw herself doing or dreamt about doing as a child, but God captured her heart. And just in simple obedience and doing what God has called her to do, she found herself as a missionary. But as Perry said, Annalie, that doesn't always come with successes. Um, sometimes, you know, it's it's two steps forward, one step back. Tell yes. us about your journey. When you started going door to door and serving the people in Whitbank in South Africa, um, tell us how that went down. Okay. So basically, like you said, you know, we learn from our failures. And um, yeah, it's only a failure if you quit. Mm. So otherwise, it's just lessons. But in any case, so um, providing in the needs of the people. Um, there in Pine Ridge, especially um, with the Hindu people. When I learned that the child needs a school uniform, I went out and made sure that they got that and so provided um, in all their physical needs. And then one day I got to this house and I saw my picture up there amongst all their gods. So Hindus have 330 million gods. Mm. So I was on my way to be 330 million and one um, and I just asked them why my picture is up there and they said to me you are like a god to us <clears throat> and it hit me um, and I just uh, excused myself and, and went home and uh, repented about that and realized that I uh, made the people dependent on me mm. and not on the true living God and also, I think due to my personality of always wanting to help, um, I can relate to Uza who tried to prevent the covenant box from falling, the ark. Mm. Um, when, this, when the oxen stumbled, I would have been the guy that reached out my hand to mm. stop it and would have been struck dead. But luckily, the punishment was um, already paid uh, for my sins, um, and I could have, I could stand up and and corrected what I have done wrong in the ministry by, by doing this by, um, just concentrating on physical needs. How are you able to get them to see you as a human being? You know, you're working with this Hindu family, 
and it's it's understandable that they would see you as a god, you know, because of their background. Mm-hmm. How were you able to shift that in their minds? Um, I can go back to scripture, the truth shall set you free, mm. um, which I went and apologized to them for doing that. Mm. And I think when we are honest about our mistakes, um, it also gives people permission to be honest about who they are and, and what they do wrong. And um, so I think I have impacted the people with that as well, just to say, you know what? God says we must be dependent on him and to go back on that and stop doing that. So mm-hmm. um, I've also learned uh, in this regard in an outreach I did to Madagascar where we started the Good News Club is that um, uh, we need to, to, to just allow God to, to, be the, to be the one that, that does this work and we don't have to go and um, uh, just look at the people's needs. So it's, it's more important to send a hungry child to heaven because you don't have the resources to provide in all the physical needs than to make sure they are fed, but they never get spiritual food. So mm-hmm. that was a lesson that I just had to learn that. So for that day that I can't pro- um, give you a school uniform, but I'm still here to mm-hmm. to show you love and to teach you about God. Mm-hmm. And they've accepted, accepted that. And also I just asked them, you know, just take down my picture because I mean they even have a picture of Jesus on on mm-hmm. that what they think yeah. now yeah. is what he looks like because he's one of their gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So from humble beginnings, right, just going door yes. to door and saying, "Lord, what can I do? How can I serve?" To apologies, to you know, it's it's still in humility that you serve. But I just I have to say today in you know ministry through movement and this ministry that Analia is leading, she has planted three churches. She has started four preschools. There's a prison ministry and so much more. All came from just simple obedience to God. And I just encourage you, check out the page, the Facebook page, Ministry Through Movement. Annalie has planted three churches. She's got four preschools operating today where 325 kids are being fed every single day and helped with their homework and empowered to be able to go on and do wonderful and amazing things. And Annalie is our guest this morning on the show. And know that in the work that you do, Annalie, you don't see necessarily immediate results. So, you know, you can't use results as a confirmation that you're going in the right direction or doing the right thing. How do you keep going when it's hard and you're doing the same thing and you're not seeing the breakthrough that you long for? Yeah, I think one of the things that I had to learn is that um, it depends on what we consider as success mm-hmm. um, that will determine whether we rely on outcomes to keep us going. So for me, um, uh, I know that the number of how many converts have you had, what's the size of your congregation is typical questions people would ask. But I think if we look at Matthew 4, 4 verse 19, where it says, follow me. Um, and I will make you fishers of men, the first thing is to follow him. So mm. I think my success lies in following him um, so that I can know where I should be. Um, mm. He will take me to where I need to be. So one of the 
um, stories that I can share about um, not having immediate results but keep on going um, was a little girl that was at Pine Ridge Preschool and she was four years old but could not walk. And um, questioning her, her mother, it seems like she never went through a normal birth process but was a cesarean uh, uh, sex, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, birth, yeah. yeah. But in any case, um, and then um, I've learned that um, through what I was taught that um, her body, her brain is not aware of where her muscles is. It sounds very funny, but your brain can't see where your body is. It's about a touch that tells your body exactly what it, where it mm-hmm. is. And, mm-hmm. and you will be able to relate that sometimes we just sit and your knee itches. Uh, there's nothing that bit you or anything and you touch there and immediately when you touch there you give your the brain the signal that the knee is still there so um with this process um going through the correct birth um we wrapped her in a blanket and just um did pressure mm-hmm. on her as if she is going through the normal birth process okay so we just continued with this um and it uh massaging feet and doing the movements that I thought um, was light on my heart. But this continued for a few weeks without any results. And one day I was busy with another kid um, um, somewhere at another school and the principal um, of the Pine Ridge Preschool phoned me and she said to me, your baby just gave her first steps. Um, which was amazing. And then from there on, we could strengthen her muscles, which we also know that when um, when a baby uh, is developed, the first thing is the, they become aware of the muscles and then um, we strengthen that muscles and then we teach the mus- muscles cooperation with other muscles. So we mm. just follow the natural processes that God has put in place and yeah, so we helped her, and today she is a running child. We're talking with Anna Lee from South Africa, Ministry Through Movement. You can check it out on Facebook, Ministry Through Movement. It's MTM after Ministry Through Movement. So when you help these kids, these kids come, they live at a dump. They live at a dump, and they're Muslim background, they're Hindu background, they're tribal peoples there maybe some are are christian background is that right yeah mostly tribal in the um areas where i work now uh, so after 1994 uh, most muslims moved from that area so there's still hindu people that's left but mostly tribal and then due to um things that happened in the past and i think it's now basically um, nearly 30 years later but I think still because of of what happened in South Africa um, they just saw that that was still maybe uh, a white thing mm-hmm. the, the the Christianity mm-hmm. because maybe one one thing is to to use that to oppress um, mm-hmm. where um, and I think that's also why I was called, so that I can show that we are here to love. And when you when you show this love to these kids, it has to impact the families. What 
how do how does it impact the families? How do they how do they begin to see Christ in this? Yeah, I think um, by just being present to go to their places. So I I work with the children, and then I've seen through COVID that if a ministry is about programs and not people, that ministry will not survive. Mm-hmm. So basically, to go to the children's homes. Wow. So I had to go there, and I've been in in um, beautiful um, tin shacks that they've put up there, or or even at the dump site where their dwellings is built of cardboard boxes and plastic that you would have had around a mattress that somebody discarded, mm. and then they just use it to build their homes. So you go there, and the fact that you are there um, uh, with yeah. Christ in you. You can't yeah. live without leaving Christ behind in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. And um, I've prayed for the language. I've prayed to learn a tribal language, Zulu, but without success. And every time the answer I get from God is love is your language. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. and it impacts. It's beautiful. Ministry Through Movement, MTM. So search that on Facebook. This is a ministry worthy of your support. They have three churches four preschools. They feed and clothe and educate the kids who live in dumps. They feed 325 children each day. They help them with their homework, and they give them Jesus. So go to Facebook. It's Ministry Through Movement MTM. That's what you need to put in there to get this particular ministry. Ministry Through Movement MTM. We were talking a few minutes ago about how, you know, ministry, I think ministry in general, is not a short-term, one-and-done experience, but an ongoing, staying-after-it, you know, kind of experience. And you, one of the ministries that you have takes place on a, on a dump site in Shamwari. Can you tell us about meeting Pepe and your first visit to the dump site? Okay, yeah, so um, we went around and I asked people if we can pray for them. And um, I was also meeting Pepe's mother, Sapiwe. And uh, this little boy was very scared. He has never seen a white person before or maybe so up close. Um, and he was hiding from me. So, But I just felt that I want to know Pepe better. So I went there every day and a uh, little bit of, of a distance from his house. There was a rock, so I went and sat there. So every day Pepe will just come a little bit closer and then run back home. So the one day um, Pepe came and um, he touched my cheek Mm -hmm. and quickly ran back home. Um, So the next day I went again. So this time Pepe came up and he touched my cheek and he was standing there. So I touched his cheek and... um, then from there on, um, our relationship just started. So whenever I managed to, or when I went to the dump site, he will jump right into my car. He, <laughs> there was no personal space uh, <laughs> uh, problem anymore. And up to today, I have a relationship. And he was like three years old then. So, um, yeah, six years later, he's now nine years old. Um, he's in a good school. We had to um, remove him from his home due to abuse and things, but um, he's in a place of safety, and mm-hmm. I have the privilege to still 
be with him and um, he knows um, that he's being loved in this world now. Yeah. And that's just one story of one boy, Pepe. But there are so many kids that yes. are being impacted through this ministry. It's Ministry Through Movement. And you can find it on Facebook if you search Ministry Through Movement dash MTM. Ministry Through Movement dash MTM. The second church that you started, Annalie, you know, <laughs> came with uh, some interesting prerequisites, meaning, you know, God is so good. He uses every part of our lives, our background, our past, who we are to bring honor and glory to his name. And it doesn't always make sense at the time when you're going through something, why, why you would have to go through it. But God is so good. And it was exactly a personal moment that you experienced that prepared you to be able to plant the church. So you can tell us about the the second church that you planted. Okay. Yeah, exactly what you say, that um, journaling is not a good uh, a point of me that I do, but I think it's good to do that because everything that has happened in my life um, has been used now in the ministry. So the big thing is that we don't, um, we must prevent looking at the things that we don't have to do ministry, but look at what we have and think outside the box. So one of the things, um, I fell pregnant at the age of 37 and at that stage didn't had any medical aid. Is that what we call, um, uh, medical insurance here mm-hmm. in, in the States? Mm-hmm. So I was um, due to go to the government hospital, which is really not a very good place to go um, for medical care, but um, for the poor people, that's the only place they have. So um, at that stage, Pastor Vainant, who is now also in the States, tried to set up a fund so that I can go to the private hospital for the delivery of Natasha, my youngest daughter, but um, God knew that he wanted to use her birth, so um, Natasha came before the plan was set into action, and I mm-hmm. had to go to the government hospital. And then Whitbank, it is really, a, um, I can just describe it as a place of horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into the delivery room um, where, in there, it's there's two places where two two ladies can give birth at the same time, but one of the beds that I had to go on was not clean before I had to go on. So I just asked them to just wash it before I do the delivery. And um, uh, so she was delivered with, uh, she was a big baby, I think 10 pounds, but wow. no doctor in sight. Um, just a, and it was a normal birth, but uh, God helped us with, with that as well. And then, um, you know, you want to touch your baby and um do the things that uh, mom do, but there was no place to wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, no water in the restrooms or the bathrooms. There was no electricity or no lights in the bathroom. So you see things lying around. Um, it doesn't smell good. So just had to trust that when you do touch your baby that they will not contract mm-hmm. some kind of disease or something like that. Um so I went through this horrible experience, but when um, clarinet then started to develop just outside Pine Ridge, and um, as the houses shot up, I realized that 
God has enlarged our territory. Mm. But in Africa, it works like this. If you want to move into a new area, you need to find the chief um, uh, amongst the people. And it, in this case, it was a lady. And she was um, not very friendly towards me. But um, it came during this um, negotiations that, she, that we talked about the hospital the government hospital, and I could share with them that Natasha was actually born there, so I do know the struggles of the people. Mm. And um, she didn't believe me, but she checked it out, and when she discovered that I was telling the truth, she contacted me and said that due to that, um, I give by, gave birth to Natasha um, in, in the government hospital. The doors are open for us to start the ministry work in clarinet. So, yeah, God used everything. And I think if I look back that even when Corleen, my eldest daughter, was a little girl and I took her everywhere where I went into Pine Ridge, um, when, you, when you give your family, your children, which is our priceless possessions, mm -hmm. if you take them into that area with you, it also um, shows the people that you are truly not scared Mm -hmm. and that you truly love them. And now, even now when I go to Shamwari, um, sometimes um, Robin, my five-year-old grandchild, um, will also accompany me and go into um, even the, the dump site or um, the squatter camps. And, um, yeah, it they God uses them to just confirm his love, even to a greater extent. When I met you for the first time, Annalie, we were on a Zoom call together with Pastor Wayne and the kids and all on this call together. And I remember, you know, you said you can ask any question. There, there isn't anything that you can't ask of me. Let's have an open conversation here, you know. And I expressed my concerns for my daughter's safety, you know, and what are the circumstances that she's going to be walking into. And you said, I will not take your daughter any place I would not take my granddaughter and that for me was like the closer like okay if Annalie is gonna love my daughter you know and care for her the same way that she would her mm. own grandchild then I know that she's gonna be in good hands yeah 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 so this woman was like a gatekeeper you know when you first wanted to come in there with a church this woman was a gatekeeper what what was her position um, it's a bit difficult to explain exactly how a chief works, but even at the dump site, there will be one unofficial leader yeah, amongst sure. them, which they call the chief. So you can't go in and then just, even if you want to help, you can't just go in and start visiting houses. You first have to get permission from the chief. And was this, this was a man or a woman? A woman, in okay. this case. A woman so, chief. Yeah, a woman chief. That, okay. Yeah. So what's the church like now? Okay, so then um, uh, with us visiting there in clarinet, so I went from house to house again like I did in Pinedge, and I've seen that um, there's children of four years old that had to take care of babies of one year old. They were locked in, in that house. So when I go during the day, they will just peek through the window, and then I would go back at nighttime to find out what is the story. So the parents have a job. So it's a single parent, but they can't afford daycare. And they need to be able to provide food. So they do go and work and leave that four-year-old taking care of the one-year-old or even younger. Um, just leaving maybe a bottle of milk 
or whatever. No nappy changes. Mm. And I just said that we need to do something. So um, we started the church there, um, uh, a building that we required through somebody that knew my dad as a missionary. Mm. Um, said that we know you and um, therefore you can use our um, property to start the church there. So basically we put up a large tent um, to do the services in and also to provide a place where the people can take their children um, to be taken care of. So that's basically started the preschool, uh, daycare center, and church all at the same time in Clarinet. All right. This is in South Africa. This is a, a ministry that, you know, you would... I think you would be privileged to invest in, mm-hmm. and you can find it out. Find out about it at Facebook. Just go to Ministry Through Movement MTM on Facebook. Ministry Through Movement MTM. Tell us how COVID has impacted ministry in South Africa. The biggest uh, problem that uh, we encountered with COVID is that people lost their income or part of the income due to businesses that had to close down for at least eight months and just people don't have the resources to maintain that um, together with rent that had to be paid. And then also people in the household um, who died due to COVID um, uh, because they were the people that needed to go out and and was easily or could more easily uh, contracted the disease. So um, that means that the family is left without resources. It doubled the need. Mm. So, um, you know, it was 325 kids. I think it's going to climb rapidly because that's the only place where they can get a meal for a day. So basically, um, that's part of me being here in the States is that I need to raise more funds to in order to feed them and to give feedback for the people that do support us. Um, So that's basically the big thing um, about the COVID. And then um, the, but the big thing also is that we must realize that behind COVID there's a God, God that have not surrendered his authority. So, you know, just to hang in there and see, because also during this time of COVID, we have seen miracles, um, where people who have been part of the medical days, um, one guy just phoned me in the middle of COVID in 2020 and said that God laid it on his heart to give this amount. And it was always a dream to build a very big jungle gym at Shamwari. So um, uh, the amount was a third of what uh, it will cost. And then um, his colleague heard about that and she donated Another third and their mm. employer, First Rand Bank, then South Africa, said they will match half of each of them. So we got that huge amount of $10,000 basically to build the jungle gym at Shamwari, which was a great plus because um, it's um, beneficial to the children's motor development. Mm-hmm. So now, um, and it needed to be big enough for 120 kids to play on it. Right. At one time. So it needed to be big. So it's wonderful that we also had that. So just to paint a picture of the facility there in Shamwari, it, it's a building with dirt yeah. all around it. And mm. so now on the dirt, 
is a playground, yes. a jungle gym that the kids can climb yes. on and grow and learn. Yeah, yeah. And even with when Eden and Grant uh, Grant was there um, at Old Coronation, our oldest um, preschool, um, they said, "What you think they can do?" And I said, "Well, if we can build a smaller, because it's not as big as Shamwari, but the jungle gym there." And through people um, in this community, there was also, we were able to build a smaller um, jungle gym there. So two of the schools got their jungle gyms, which is priceless um, for the children. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking of making a year-end gift to a ministry, this would be an amazing ministry to invest in. They have three churches for preschools, feeding, clothing, educating kids who live in dumps. They feed 325 children every day. They help the kids with homework. And through the kids, they reach the families with the gospel. And mm-hmm. and people come into God's family. They, they're coming into God's family through the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if you'd like to make a year-end gift, maybe God has, you know, connected you with us right now and, and you've got a an amount of money you've been wondering what to do with, well, let me suggest Ministry Through Movement. Just go to Facebook, Ministry Through Movement-MTM. You need all of that to find Ministry Through Movement on Facebook, Ministry Through Movement-MTM.